And I'll, I'll do like the micro, you guys remember the micro machine, the little cars? They had the guy who talked really fast to advertise them. He's like the world's fastest talker guy. Um, yeah, we'll do that today. It's kind of like the people who read the, uh, like the legal stuff at the bottom, of, at, the, at the end of a commercial. They don't, they don't tell you that if you take this mess and you're going to die. You know, one of the side effects may be death. Like, wait a minute. But that brings us to a good point because we're all going to pass away. But when we have Jesus, we will, as the song said, he will raise us up the last day. And so um, we're just going to jump right in to the, to, the, to the text. And so we're going to start a little bit higher. We're going to start in John chapter 6, verse 51. Even though 53 through 57 is kind of the target, but 51 helps us give helps give us some context. And he says, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give him, will give, the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. At that, the Jews argued among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Right? That, that, that just sounds so bizarre when, you're, when you have this, this person talking and he says it, you know, I will give you my flesh and, and you, will, you will live, right? That's, it has to be so bizarre to them. They're just like, that doesn't make any sense, right? How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And so Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, because my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so that so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Right? So this is one of those times where, you know, because certain religions or certain denominations think that the the bread and the and the wine become the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ. And so this is obviously a metaphor. He's not saying that you guys are gonna eat me and he's just gonna start chop it off pieces and hand it out you know it's, it's not it's not cannibalism right and, they, and the romans even at the time when they heard that the the christians were having their love feast so like the lord's suppers and things like that during their sermons or their services you know they were actually accused of being cannibals because they heard this stuff going on they heard they heard these words being repeated and said oh these people are cannibals and we, we have to get rid of them right because that's atrocious for us to think about that people you know somebody eating somebody else but of course, this is obviously a metaphor. And so when Jesus says he's the bread of life, he's not, he doesn't turn on a loaf of bread. But he is the one who feeds us and sustains us and helps us, makes us live forever. And so you have two kind of, you have kind of two options in this passage of what Jesus talks about. And that's the headings for the thing. And the first one is no kind of life. So he says... That he, you will have no kind of life throughout without me, right? You do not have life in yourselves, verse 53. And so again, this passage is part of Jesus' bread of life sermon. He's saying, I am the bread, right? This is one of the seven I am statements in John. And he's explaining that he is the bread that God sent to the world. And so it's better than the manna because this whole conversation that Jesus is having, if you read all of John 6, he's talking and comparing himself to the manna that God gives to the Israelites during the Exodus, right? So we were talking about the Exodus the last few weeks. And so this flows over and flows into because he is feeding the, the Israelites for however long with this manna. 
Right? Was, because if you've been to the desert, there's not a lot of food. Not a lot of, you can't just farm, and they're on, the, they're on the move, so they didn't have time to just make a farm either. They had to keep going. And then we talked about the Passover, and so we know that the lamb's blood was placed on the doorpost to identify God's people. Right? He said, put it on the doorpost and put it on the lintel, the top part. And so they prepared and ate this special, or at least this different bread, when they had to leave, right? That was the whole thing. They have your unleavened bread, so you are ready to go when the angel of death appears. That's the sign, and you guys got to go, right? So you don't have time to make this nice, fluffy, white bread that you, we all like, the sunbeam bread. You know, it's like you got to take your tortilla and go, right? That's it. That's really what it is. Take your, take your unleavened bread, the stuff doesn't rise, and you go. And we read it in, a couple weeks ago. We read that they literally just took their bowl with them. They had their dough in the bowl. They just picked it up and took it with them. You know, they took it off the mixer and said, all right, let's go. You know, hook, hook it all. They just took it. And so we talked about how this, this, this celebration of the Passover was to continue on forever. Right? God says, keep doing this. Keep doing this forever. And so the Jews still practice Passover to this day, right? They, they, they do it every year. It's a huge deal. And so Easter and Passover are tied together. So that's why we are here as well, because Jesus had the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, the night before, because he is the actual Passover lamb. So that was the actual Passover meal when he was sacrificed. And so in heaven, we also know that we're going to sit down for a huge celebration meal because Jesus even says, he said, I'm not going to drink the wine until we all have this at the last day, right? This last meal, this big wedding feast. And that's kind of described in Revelation, alluded to other places that... This is going to happen, this meal is going to happen, this wedding feast of the, the, the bride who is the church and Jesus who is the groom, right? So when we are reunited in heaven, the last day. And so when Jesus arrives, he's telling the people that he is the fulfillment of the Passover. That is his whole point. With these things, he's dropping these breadcrumbs, pardon the pun, he's dropping these breadcrumbs along the way to say, look, I am the guy, I am the one, I am the son of man. And that term, son of man, isn't eschatological term, right? He's, it's another term for the Messiah. So he's telling them that. He's not just saying, I'm the son of a man. I am the son of man. Right? That is the term. That is the title, just like Messiah. And so he's like, look, I am the fulfillment of the Passover in a lot of ways. He is the entire Passover. He's the lamb. He's the bread. He's the wine. He's all everything, right? His, his blood is now on your heart, and he, that identifies you as one of God's people. When you take the Lord's Supper, you are saying you are one of God's people. You have been called, you have accepted the call, and now you are reminding yourself that you are one of God's people. And that's why we do this, right? And so again, we can do it however often as we want as a church body. But we, again, we've agreed to do it once a month. We, we try to do it, just stick to it. But that's important because, again... Jesus tells you without Jesus, you don't have a life in yourself. You have nothing. We're, we're, we're alive. Yes, we're all here. We're living. But we're also dead. We're dead inside. We're dead to the spiritual realm. We don't understand. So Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 5, Paul says, As you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you were previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient, we too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But listen, 
But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. We were dead before you meet before you meet Jesus, before you understand who he is, before you accept him as your savior. You are dead because it doesn't make sense, right? That's part of the reason it doesn't make sense because we don't understand it. We don't get it. We don't understand how somebody dying on a cross for us 2,000 years ago saves us here today and in the future. But all of a sudden when the Holy Spirit descends on you and he says, he unclears all those stuff, he jolts you with the, with the electricity, I can't remember the thing, the paddles, the AED, right? Bam! All of a sudden you're like, I get it. I understand it. I'm alive. I now see things differently because he came and saved you. So we were dead, but now we're made alive through Christ. And so without Jesus, without God's grace, we are doomed to perish and live in eternity in hell. And again, this is not a scare tactic. This is just reality. This is a very real thing that happens. This isn't just something we say to scare people to come to church. Because that doesn't work for most people. But it is what is going to happen. But Jesus says we can experience a resurrected life when we partake of his flesh and blood. And so we have a new kind of life in the rest of the passage. So Jesus resuscitates us to life on this earth, right? We have a new mission, a new purpose, and a new master. We're no longer beholden to the sin of what Paul says. He calls him the, the ruler of the power of the air, right? That's Satan. He rules this realm for now. But we have a new master. We serve somebody else. We serve God when we cross over. And so Jesus gives us a new life after physical death and on the last day. We know that we're here living, but we have a new purpose. and We, we will pass away, but we will be resurrected again. Right? We will, our spirit will go to heaven as well, but we will also, bodily, our bodies will be resurrected also on the last day. And we know where we are going to spend eternity, and we can be hopeful for that place. We can be hopeful for heaven instead of dreading our future of hell. And so when we partake of the new covenant, we're also joining in our own exodus and slavery from the world. That was the whole point, right? Jesus, God saved his people from slavery. He saved them from the world of Egypt. So Jesus is the same thing. He saved us from the world. We are no longer beholden to sin. We are, ne we are no longer dead to our trespasses. We are now alive in his glory because of his glory and with his glory. Right? We are being we're justified on the cross from the cross. We are being sanctified every day that we're alive and we're living this new life. And then eventually we will be glorified, right? That's the last day we will be resurrected. And so we perform the Lord's Supper on a regular basis to remind ourselves of that joyous event when God rescued each of us, right? We all have our own Exodus day, essentially when we got saved, when we moved over. And so we can remind ourselves of that and say, yeah, this is what I used to do and this is what I'm not doing anymore and this is what I'm doing now. And so we should partake in the Lord's Supper with thanksgiving in our hearts and relief that we have a new life in Jesus and one that we are capable of obtaining on our own and the life that has been given to us because of God's grace. And that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this, because we have grace. Because God has allowed us into his kingdom for whatever reason, even though we were all sinners and he hit you know, we hated God, but he loved us. So we can partake as thankful to say thank you for saving us. Thank you for not just throwing us out. Right? Because we are his people. And so he has selected each of us for whatever reason to do certain things. And so now we're going to do the Lord's Supper. And so 
Um, I'm gonna, we'll pray over the elements and we'll have a couple of guys come up and we'll pass them out and then we'll, we'll read Matthew chapter 26 to go through it actually. So let's pray over the elements. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the ability to, re- to, to not repeat it, but also just, or, but just to celebrate the fact that we can be your people, that we are your people, and uh, that you have loved us and showed us your grace through your son, Jesus Christ, as he, as he died on the cross for us. He was resurrected on the third day, and that we are also resurrected on the last day. So uh, please bless these elements that they may nourish us and remind us of the covenant we have with you. It's all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we got a couple guys who come up and pass out the elements, please. This is what Matthew records in his gospel from Matthew 26, verses 26 through 30. He says, As they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples. And said, Take and eat. This is my body. And they ate the bread. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the, for, for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of this, this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And they drank the wine. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So we'll close in prayer, then we'll have the band come up and we'll sing a hymn. But we won't go to the Mount of Olives because that's too far of a walk. So, dear Heavenly Father, <coughs> excuse me, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity again. We thank you for the new covenant um, that is made and paid for with a price. And please help us spread the gospel in this neighborhood and the people and our families that may not know it, that we can also have them be part of this new covenant if you so decreed it. That's all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
All right. So we'll have the band come up, do our last song, and then we will transition.